Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. We're going to look today, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, as he writes this letter to the Corinthians, he also mentions this very same issue in chapter 3. But we're going to look in chapter 1 today, beginning at verse 10. talks about division in the church. And if a person's got their Bible open and their Bible is like mine, it has a big um, beginning here, big notation. It says, division in the church. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another, that there may be no division among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Another, I follow Paul. Still another, I follow Christ. And we're going to look today and probably maybe the rest of this week about divisions in the church and what kind of divisions there are. I actually had a person say to me once when I was much younger, said, you know, First Corinthians could be called First Californians because <laughs> all the problems they had that he wrote to them about, we still have. And it would be nice, um, I was telling somebody the other day, that if Paul had written this letter and they had read this letter and they just said, you know, he's exactly right. We've got to change our ways. We're not going to do that anymore. And from then on, that problem was never seen in the church, not only there in Corinth, but anywhere in the world. Unfortunately, the very same issues and the very same problems still manifest themselves today. And in many different ways, we have divisions in the church. Here he says, some say I follow Paul. Another one says I follow Apollos. Another I follow Peter. As we look at those men, they were all three different. They all three spoke differently. They all three probably had different mannerisms. Their message was the same. Their gospel message was the same. But the way they proclaimed it would have been a little bit different. And so the Apostle Paul, he was speaking to Gentiles, and he really talked about the liberty that we find in Christ, the freedom that we have in Christ, and the freedom we have from the law. And that would have spoken to a lot of people. In fact, you see, and as this letter goes on, there was probably a little bit of boasting that went on among his followers, the people that really liked him, about the freedom that there was. And they probably looked down their nose a little bit at the people that, that weren't quite as free as they were. And then, then we look at somebody like Apollos. And Apollos was a Jew. He was born in Alexandria. And according to Acts 28, 24, he was a man who was eloquent and learned in the scriptures, and he probably had a rhetorical style 
that really appealed to Greeks and to people who had a Greek background. And so they would have naturally been drawn to him. And then Peter was the apostle to the Jews. And so Jewish believers probably would have had a very um, natural affinity to him. Uh So it's very important to understand they all three were called by God. They all three were speaking God's message. And yet because it was different, because they were different people and because their mannerisms and their style of speech, all those things were probably different. Certain people gravitated to each one. And you see here, as Paul writes, people beginning to, well, I like that Paul. I like the way he talks about freedom. I like the way he talks about freedom from the law. And other ones, no, I like Apollos. You know, I just like his style. I like the way he speaks. And other ones, no, Peter. Peter's the guy. I really like Peter. And so they were beginning to divide over who they liked. It didn't have anything to do anymore with the message they were preaching the message of God's word, I'm it a, was about, I like him. I'm of Apollo's gospel. <laughs> right. I'm, I like this guy. And, you know, the other guy, he's all right, I suppose. But, no, this is my guy. And so they began to divide over who they liked the best. And Paul has to write them. And later on we'll look, and he, as he says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? And he has to bring them back into the reality of the fact that Christ isn't divided. Well, it's very interesting because just yesterday I was at a wedding at, at one of the biggest congregations here in Chico. And um, I was talking to some young man. I was sitting at a table. The person that was getting married, they have a heart for missions. Most off, most uh, specific, they have a heart for Africa. So on every table that the guest, the wedding guest was seated at was the table named the table was named after a country. So again, I didn't really I was by myself, so I didn't really go to a table. I just went solo. <laughs> I went solo and I got up when they called America. I got up and got in the the food line. But as I migrated with my plate, I really didn't have a country. So <laughs> I guess I was from the kingdom of God. So I migrated to the China table. Get it, China. And I sat with the guys from the table named after China. And we got to talk, and then, again, they, they were saying something to that effect. They started talking about different churches and what they liked about them. <laughs> they were talking about the Orthodox Church, uh, this church and this church. And, and I was just listening at first. I didn't say anything. I just let them all talk. And none of them talked about the cross or Jesus. They were just talking about, well, I want to say, I like the, well, the tradition of this church or this and that. And no, none of them spoke of love. And I was like, wow. And it's interesting how we can get churched up and, and forget the message, <laughs> the message of the cross, the message of love. And, and that's where the division comes in. You know, we're we're going to say this person. Well, I like, I go to Pastor Rich's church. And people say that about, well, I go to Pastor Vince's church. Well, Pastor Vince really doesn't have a church. Jesus does. Vince uh, called to pastor a congregation, but the Bible says the church belongs to Jesus. Right. And I have to always tell people that. So we can easily, and I was just looking at these youngsters, how they're getting caught up in this instead of not the truth, instead of the truth. And I was just giving them what the word says. I say, no, I don't have a church. I, I am the church. 
and we meet at a building at such and such, such and such. And uh, again, it's just interesting to see how that people, like you say, this he could have been riding to California. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean Cal- this is all oh, yeah. just and and not only that part of the letter to Corinth, but the whole letter. I mean, we just see this all done over and over. But as he talks about these three people, as Paul writes this letter, he talks about himself, he talks about Apollos, he talks about Cephas. They all three were different. They all three probably looked different. If they had, if we were back in that day and they were standing there together, we would be able to tell them apart. Mm-hmm. And the people that were there could tell them apart. And they spoke differently. Their mannerisms were different. And what's key to all that is that wasn't a mistake. God did that on purpose. God knew there would be people that Paul could approach and speak to that other people couldn't. That there would be people that Apollos could speak to and approach that other people couldn't. Same thing today. There's be people that you could speak to that would listen to you that wouldn't listen to me and vice versa. And so it's no mistake that God calls people who are different to the ministry and to his kingdom. And when I say that, too, when you just say that, but... Yes, we're all going to be different, our personalities, our background, but the message should always the be the same. The message is the same. And that's the message of the kingdom. Right. Because that's what Jesus came proclaiming. The message, <laughs> the gospel of the kingdom of God, that should stay the same. Right. And, no matter whose mouth it comes and out And this of. is what we see with Paulus and Paul and Cephas. They're not dividing over the message. They're dividing over who did I like better. Right, 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 right. right? right. See, I liked this guy. I liked Paul. He's my guy. I and, and, and they was over at Chloe's house talking about it. <laughs> right. They're all oh, sitting there. You see, I heard this at Chloe's house. <laughs> you know, and so. Yeah, there's a Chloe in everybody's congregation. And so it's, it's interesting as what we've got to realize is that God calls people who are different and he calls them on purpose. And so we can't get tied up into that. The same way with churches. I see this a lot with music, and we see a lot of division, I think, in the American church at least. I don't know. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but we see a lot of division in the American church over music. Mm-hmm. Music is one of those things that's very personal. People like certain kind of music. They don't like other kinds of music. They like certain songs in that style of music that they even like, and then they like they don't like other songs that are in that style of music. So you might say, I, I like country western. I don't like hip-hop. Somebody else might say, I love hip-hop, but I don't like country western. Somebody else says they like jazz or classical. But even let's say you say, I'm, I love jazz. That's my favorite kind of music. There will be jazz songs even that you don't like and other ones that you really like. And so music is one of those things that's very personal to people. And... I'll come out. I don't like country western music. You know, I I, I like I, some I, of it. I, I like some period, of it. I went through a period. I don't own any life. of it, but I I, I enjoy it. I went through a period in my life where I loved it. And now I, it's just not my, my favorite thing. Now, there'll probably be people listening to this. He doesn't like country western. Well, I don't think I want to listen to him anymore because he doesn't mm-hmm. like the same kind of music that I like. Right, right, And right. so we see this in churches where. People want this kind of music. Somebody else wants that kind of music. And people divide over those things. And that's not what the church is all about. Right. That's not where that shouldn't be. Our division shouldn't be about music. We should be. The message is still the kingdom. And so somebody might, though, say, you know what? I like really like hymns. And so they'll go to a church that plays more hymns. Somebody else says, I like hip hop type music. And they'll go to a church. 
Well, contemporary. What we can't do. That's fine. I don't see a problem with that. But what we can't do is now make a determination that that church isn't as real as mine because they don't listen to the same kind of music that I do. Right, right. So they're not a real church because if they were a real church, and this happens, especially as you talk about contemporary music and you talk about hymns, there's a lot of churches that only sing hymns that kind of look down. I've read little articles and different things. And there are people that think that contemporary music's of the devil. I mean, the devil's writing it all in oh, his yeah. spare time. Oh, yeah. And that any church that lets that kind of music in is that's just all demonic. And then there are people that like that kind of music who hymns are dead. And any church that sings hymns is dead. And any people who go to a church that has hymns is dead. And so we start to make generalizations about other people. We're talking style here. One person likes this style, another person this style, but we can't make generalizations about are they really saved, are they not saved, are they really preaching the gospel or not preaching the gospel because they're playing music I don't like. Right, right, right. Well, we'll see. Like Paul said, you have not so learned Christ. If you're going to get caught up on this little minor thing and allow it to separate us, that's not what we're or about. Or to talk bad about each right. other. Man, they play that contemporary music. You know, they're mm-hmm. all sinners. They're all going to hell. And, and, and with a rubber meets the road, and we declare it on this broadcast always, because our desire is to ignite one's faith on fire. Well, what are you doing on Monday through Saturday? That's what I want to know. Are you letting your light so shine? So we, we can get caught up on a church service. And I just remember, you know, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you know, the church met in each other's homes. You know, it, it wasn't, and, and we're speaking of today, you know, it wasn't big buildings. So when they met in each other's homes, again, they had other issues, obviously, because he heard from Chloe's house something was going down, that there was contentions among them. But now, again, in America, those are some of the things we have contentions about is musical styles. And we hear it on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and, and that shouldn't be... What separates us, music style. If Yes, if you like that music, that good Great. for you. Good Great. for you. Go, go okay. to a church and play. But we should still be transforming, being conformed into the image of Jesus. We still be transformed by the renewing of our mind and going out and advancing the kingdom of God. That still should be the message. And I like what Paul said in, in, sec, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. He says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of the wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I'm going to drop down to verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with, with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So he say, I'm going to come demonstrating this kingdom with power. And again, I believe that's the business we should be about, demonstrating it. Because we can all get caught up on arguing over little silly stuff like music. or uh, who put. I heard this one pastor said his denomination fired him because when he got came on staff as pastor, he moved the piano from one side of the... Uh, altar to the other side and they fired him for that like it wouldn't work on the other side because tr- uh, traditionally 
it's always been on the left side. But he said, no, let's move it over here. And they had a problem with that. And again, what does that got to do with the gospel being preached? Well, you know, just say, think Back about to music. It. That's music, right. piano. Just think about how many church splits you've heard about that were over doctrine and how many church splits you heard about were over stuff like they moved the piano or they put green carpet and they used to have yellow. Right, right, or right. Or they wanted to paint the church a different color than it used to be. I mean, most of the church fights that you hear about and, and the big splits that you hear about aren't over doctrine. They're over something that that cooler heads stand back and go, well, that's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And yet it happens all of the time. And we just got to be mindful, you know, to not just be hearers, but doers of the word and go out and advance the kingdom. And again, I keep promoting kingdom because the more I study the Bible, I keep running across this concept, this, this reality of the kingdom. And that's what we're supposed to be preaching, the kingdom. And, and, and the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. And, and part of that lifestyle, is, there's no division. There's one king, and he's always right. And we need to bow down to the king. I just left a young man. I was doing some marital counseling with a young man. He's from back east. His girl lives out here in California. And uh, he was saying, you know, he left his daughter back east. And uh, he came out here to marry a girl that lives in California. But he said his daughter, he left her back east, and she's the most important thing to him is his daughter. And I was explaining to him, that now that you're born again and saved, God has an order. His order is him first, God first, the husband, the wife, the children, the job, and everything else. That's God's order. And, he, and this young man will say, no, my, that's not my order. My order is me and my child. And I was like, well, you're out of order. And he really got upset with me because, again, he wanted to do things in the kingdom his way. And God has already established his kingdom. He already has an order. And our job is when we get born again, we need to submit to his government, his way of doing things, which is called the kingdom of God, the kingdom from heaven. And I was trying to explain that to the young man. He just really, I could see him. He just rose up and got hot. And it was like, no, my daughter is, means more to me than my wife. And I was trying to tell him, you're taking a wife here. Now you and your wife are one. And he's like, no, me and my daughter are one. That I had by a previous relationship, I was telling no, when you get married, and he say he preaches the Bible. I said, well, and I was asking him about the scripture about marriage. He didn't know where it was, but he's been preaching to her from New York, California, preaching the Bible. And I'm like, and he said he does that in New York on the corners. And I say, young man, you need to stop that because <laughs> you ain't preaching right, man. If you're, you, you don't even know, especially if you don't have, that's elementary right there, husbands and wives. Well, God's order. And again, we want to come into God's kingdom and his presence and do what we want to do. And that's not pleasing to the Father. Well, again, and, and, having contentions is not pleasing. Having division is not pleasing to the Father. He says he wants us to have the same mind. Right. And as you're talking there, you're talking about Scripture and you're talking about making Scripture number one. And that's what we have to do, you know, to help avoid any kind of division is to make Scripture number one. But as we go back to talking about the fact that things are different, people preach different. Your style, I'm sure, in the pulpit is different than mine. You're going to be able to speak to people that I couldn't. On the street, you're going to be able to talk to people that I can't, vice versa. And that's the way God intended it. The, it's one body with many parts. And right. he wants to use us all in the way and the that... And the hand and the foot is, have two different functions. Right. And the way <laughs> that he has called us to be used 
are different. The way the people that he wants us to speak to are going to be different. The message, as we said earlier, has to be exactly the same. It has to be God's word. But the style and the mannerisms and all those things can be completely different. But to go back to what we were talking about earlier, people make judgments about other believers and other churches and the real, are they real or not, based on they're doing or not doing the things the way that I would do them. I told somebody not too long ago, I have never met, I've only met one person who has agreed with me 100% of the time on scripture, and that's me. I'm the only one I know who agrees with me 100% oh, yeah, on yeah. every scripture. Yeah, my too. wife doesn't agree with me 100%. My daughters don't agree with me 100%. I'm sure you don't agree with me 100%. You know I don't. I'm and so <laughs> the only person I know that I've ever been in 100% agreement with is me. But So does that mean that I can't worship with anybody because we're not in 100% agreement about everything? And clearly the answer to that is no. Well, and we see that with the early apostles, you know, again, the Bible says we know in part. So we and, and with that, meaning Jesus Christ is the only one that has perfect revelation knowledge of the father. We're, we're learning and growing and increasing. Paul said in Colossians, he desired, he prayed that we may increase in the knowledge of the Lord's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That means we lack something. So with that, I'm reminded of what it says in Timothy. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly complete. So we can use God's word to get corrected, too, because, yes, we like to believe we're right on what we believe. But you got to be willing to get corrected if you're not right. And that's where I'm at. If I, I don't know everything, I tell them because I'm a pastor, I don't mean I don't know everything, but I'm a learner. I'm a student. I've committed to being a lifelong student, and meaning I'm willing to learn because I know God, through his Holy Spirit, is going to constantly reveal things to us. The scripture says the word of God is seed. Well, if the word of God is seed, I understand that seed grows, and it grows into a plant. And then Mark has talked about the parable of the sower. It'll grow to the point that birds will be able to hang out on his branches. That, that's revelation. Ten years ago, I didn't know what I know now concerning the things of God or God's will. Well, I know greater things now because I'm open to receive. I'm open to correction, and I'm open to what we talked about last week, meditating the word of God. Meditating will give you more understanding, a greater revelation of stuff. And again, we believe what we believe. If you believe, I can't make you believe nothing else till God reveals it to you himself. And that's why the Apostle Paul was able to say, no, I wasn't with Jesus Christ like you guys was. But I received what I got by revelation. Yeah, he revealed it to me later. You guys were right there with him. And yeah, you can brag and boast about that. But I wasn't. But he called me to minister to the Gentiles. <laughs> Those you guys, because they was trying to make Paul go and minister to the Jews too. Because they was like, no, this is just for the Jews right here. And Paul said, no, that ain't what God told me. And I have to say, tell people that all the time. Well, I know what God told me to go. You know, who he told me to go to. He told me and what he called me to preach, the message of the kingdom. Because that's what he came to preach. And hopefully that's what everybody's still preaching. I know we even got off and we preaching other stuff besides the kingdom. But that's what he told us to preach. 
And I was just thinking as you were just talking, I was talking to a young lady who has a business next door to our radio station, and she always say, Vince, you sure don't seem like you're a pastor. And because of my character, because I'm always humorous and funny and joke around and I have fun. I don't wear a collar or anything like certain, you know, ministers do. I dress the way I dress. And, uh, and my personality is what it is. And I was like, well, when you become a pastor, when God calls you to become a pastor, he, he don't command you to change your personality. <laughs> he made me like this. I like to have fun. I love people. I love joking around. I love having fun. And because she grew up in this particular denomination, and this is what she's been programmed to believe a pastor or a priest is. They're never smiling, and they're always oh, they're serious. <laughs> right. So she was like, and that's just, that it just, it's hilarious to her to see <laughs> but but she it's refreshing for her too because she's like wow i never knew a pastor can have that much fun or be that free and again that's what one of the things god's called me to say hey i can still preach the gospel of the kingdom and still be me i don't have to lose my personality my character remember me and you when we first started this show uh somebody told us we couldn't be we should not be so joyful <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to be more serious. We got to be more serious. And we're like, what? This is our personality. This is who we are. The message is the same, but this is our personality. You guys got to speak with deeper voices yeah, and you slow. Sound a little sad. You guys are too yeah, happy. Too happy about this whole thing. <laughs> but no, he said he'll send you out with joy. I, I tell you, it's funny. If I had a dollar for every person that told me basically the same thing they've told you, that you're not like any other pastor I've ever met. At first, I was like, oh, when I was younger and I was first pastor, and I'm like, uh oh, that this maybe this is bad. But then I realized after I talked to a few of them what they meant, and then I started taking it as a compliment. Right, I was still like a regular person. That's what that's what, See, what and, she was saying. You're like a regular person. Be like regular people that you're, right. you're supposed to be very serious, supposed to be almost sad, Reverence. humorless, and wear that collar all the time, and maybe even have something on your forehead that said pastor. Right, you know, be very calm be very gentle be careful what you say around me right and so you know people do get that idea about pastors and how pastors ought to be acting and are there times that we should be serious certainly yeah there's a time for everything uh, is there time for fun yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and i think there's probably a lot more time for fun than a lot of people think well because we, remember we're all commanded to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify God. And I was just listening to one of my pastor friends the other day, and he was saying, he asked this little girl, what is a saint? And he thought she wouldn't know. And she said, well, a saint is somebody who has light around them. And he said, he thought about it. He said, yeah, you're right. Because he says, let your light so shine. And that's going to do it for this edition of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, Keep Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and continue to walk by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire. P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.